There is um, an anointing right now that is so strong that if you want to tap into what God's doing, it's, it, it's simply amazing. I, you see, people are believing and prophesying and praying for a move of God. Prayer is not to pray for a move of God to come. My prayer is don't miss the move that's in the earth right now. Because there's move, the God has a move in the earth right now. All over the earth, he has a move right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was reading a book and I saw in here from Barna Research Group, from George Barna, from Barna Research Group, and it was talking about the presence of God. It said a majority of people who attend Christian worship services leave without feeling that they ever experienced God's presence. Did you get that? Uh, this is a, a survey that uh, the majority of people who attend Christian worship services uh, leave without feeling that they experienced God's presence. Now get this, less than one third of adults feel as though they even interacted with God at all in church. They go, but they don't feel they had any interaction with him. That there was, oh, it's a nice teaching and nice music, but they don't feel that, that God specifically was interacting with them. And then the third is this. Stunningly, one third, get this, one third say they have never ever experience God's presence at any time during their lives. So that puts us at over two-thirds of the church. One-third doesn't really feel an interaction at all in church. Another third has never felt it in their life with God. So over two-thirds of the church are not feeling the presence of God in the church. So why is that? Why is that? Well, I believe part of it's because of our preaching, because of our teaching, what we're presenting to the people. I'm a firm believer that you get what you preach. And if, if you begin to preach whatever part or section of the Word of God you focus on, I think the problem is so many people are afraid to talk about the Holy Spirit which really the Holy Spirit and fire, that, that's what gets us through life. That's what brings us through to the next thing and the next phase of what God wants to do in our life. See, I, I told you over a month ago that in 2018, the Holy Spirit spoke very specifically to me, Tyler, that open wide. He said in 2018, open wide. And he said, as you open wide, I will pour out my presence and power. As you open wide your heart, you will begin to hear and see my presence and my power like never before. And, and here's the thing, there's been so many great moves of God. I've been studying that lately again. I used to study it a lot. And I mean, you just go through time and see how many times God has poured out his presence in, even in our lifetime, even in the last hundred years would amaze you. But you see, it can be all around you, but if you don't tap into it, you see, what's it gonna benefit you? You see, you and I are called to live a supernatural lifestyle. We're not called to be ordinary. We're called to be extraordinary. We're called to live 
a supernatural lifestyle. And you cannot live a supernatural lifestyle without the empowerment and the fire and the presence of the Holy Spirit on you. That's what separates you from religion. That's what separates you from worry. That's what separates you from fear and intimidation that you might be facing. John Wesley said this, the great John Wesley of Methodism, he said this, he said, uh, people said, well, well, what do you accredit this great outpouring that you're nurturing, that you're fathering? And he said, it's very simple. I just set myself on fire and people come and watch me burn. I just set myself on fire and people come to watch me burn. You see, when you are on fire, and I talked to you about that last week, uh, about natural fire in comparison to supernatural fire. Now, as we were focusing on that, but here's what I want to ask you, first of all. So many Christians have never experienced the fire of the Holy Spirit in their life. So many Christians have either never experienced it or they've experienced it and it's waned, it's gone away. And, and here's what I believe. I believe we've taken purity and put it on the back shelf. You see, whenever you look throughout time, that even like I grew up Nazarene, well, I didn't realize, you know, Nazarene was holiness. I knew that and sanctified, the second work of grace, set apart from the evil, from uh, the Adamite nature, you know, for the new, all this good stuff. But I didn't realize that it began as the Nazarene Pentecostal church. And there was a huge holiness movement. John Wesley was baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke with tongues. There's reports of people shaking and falling out and laughing and all these wild things that were going on in his meetings. All this stuff was what? Fire from the Holy Spirit. Now, now manifestations, people trying to just receive and contain and God doing amazing things in their lives. And then, right in 1906, when uh, Mr. Seymour, an African-American gentleman, uh, was in a run-down, abandoned Methodist worship center, old worship church, old center that had been abandoned, he, held, he began to just go in there and pray. Other people began to come in there and pray. And that's where, on Azusa Street, and that's where the Azusa Street outpouring came with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now... What separated all these holiness, if you go back and look at the Baptists and all of them, they were all living holiness, purity, power, and in the presence of the Holy Spirit. When you go back to the roots of Baptists, Methodists, Nazareth, they all had an ax experience of power. If you go back and study the history, truly study it. But what separated, they got in a fight over, listen to this, they got in a fight, you won't hear any other preacher tell you this, but they got in a fight, Donnie, here's what they got in a fight over. A man named Paran used to teach that whenever you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you receive your prayer language, that was the initial sign to confirm you had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's half true. It's one of the signs and an important sign because it's your prayer language. It's, Jude says it builds you up, it edifies you. And not only does it edify you and build you up, it gives you access to speak in an unknown tongue with the angels of God and with God himself and it can even intercede and pray for you and and others and it's an amazing gift and everybody should have it but what happened is they got into a debate over is it the initial thing and if you don't have that you couldn't be 
Well, what some were missing, and then the groups got in a big debate for the next eight or 10 years and split off, and one chose purity, and one group chose power. And when they chose purity and power, they divided the holiness and the purity of God away from the power and the acts of God. And it weakened the body of Christ. Hmm. I wasn't intending on teaching that at all. I got part two of what I taught last week. And I began to teach you last week about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. And I really was going to give you three reasons that believers, born-again believers, either have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire or had it at one time and they still have their prayer language, but they don't have the fire of God on their life. And it's really easy to find out. Ask yourself, do you experience the fire of God on a regular basis? Do you experience the fire, the power of God that, remember I talked to you last week about light does three things. Number one, light brings off heat. A fire brings off heat, doesn't it? It brings off warmth. Fire brings light. It helps you to hear and see what you couldn't hear and see before. Fire brings energy. It's used as a combustible source to heat coal or wood and produce steam to make electricity. It's also a protection resource. When you take the fire of God and compare it, the natural fire and compare it with the fire of the Holy Spirit, now you're getting somewhere. Now you're getting something that will simply amaze you. Because so many believers either had it or never had it. Not saying you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, but hey, if you're totally immersed in the Spirit of God and like Pastor Mark says, it's pouring off of you, uh, then, then you should take on the nature of that and have evidences of. So yes, speaking in tongues is an initial evidence, but also, also the fire and the power and the manifestations of God are ongoing ongoing, ongoing evidences of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Peter and John and those guys got baptized in the Holy Spirit multiple times in the book of Acts. Why? Because they needed it. <laughs> we got Christians that's been baptized in the Holy Spirit a year, 10 years, 30 years, and 40 years. And they look like they were turned upside down in pickle juice in a post hole. They're the grouchiest, grumpiest old people you ever met, young and young people. I'm not talking about age natural and then it becomes pride and protection because I've already received that I wish you'd preach on something else well you're the very one I'm preaching to well I've got that do you do you love unconditionally do you hunger and passion for God more than your job your career your money your, your hobbies are you living a pure life today than you lived last yesterday and last week and last year when people get around you, do they have enlightenment from God? Uh, something in their life gets lit up? Something in their life, they feel the fire of God just because you walked into the room? Do, do, do they feel a, something from God that's not of this world, but it's from His world? So I can't determine if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
You have to. It doesn't mean you aren't. It just means you might need a, another dose of the Holy Ghost, as we say in old time church, right? So I talked to you last week, began to talk to you about the three different reasons that most people, Christians, are not filled with the Holy Spirit or were filled and don't experience the fire of God any longer. Now, when we talk about that, I gave you the first one. And the reason is, the first reason people don't experience the fire of the Holy Spirit is this. They have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit or filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. So many don't have the fire because they've never entered into the fullness or the baptizo or the baptism to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, 4 and Amplified says, and they were all filled. Everybody say all. all. They were all filled. That is diffused, diffused throughout their being with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, different languages, as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak clearly and appropriately. Now, I shared with you that John the Baptist shared two amazing truths about Jesus and his ministry. Now, this is, this is, this is, this is what brings proof and sustenance to what I'm talking about that can not only change your life but bring daily, weekly, monthly, and annually change over and over and over again. What? Change from what? Glory to glory. Glory to glory. The image and likeness of God. Glory, doxa, manifested presence. God made seen, but God made visible. And that is, he tells us in John's gospel, he tells us in John 1, 29, he said, look, the Lamb of God, talking about Jesus, who does what? takes away the sin of the world. Everybody say number one. So Jesus, number one, he had two prongs to his ministry. Two. He did a lot of amazing things, but two main things. The first thing, Paul, was what? He came to take away the sin of the world. He came to be our Lord and Savior. He came to bring grace to us because we're saved by grace through faith. He came to die, live, and raise again from the dead, right? He came to be our Lord and Savior if we accept him. The second prong of his ministry, he talks about it in Matthew's gospel. John the Baptist said, I baptize you in water, with water for repentance, but after me comes one who's more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to even carry, uh, some put on, carry or put on. Look now, here's number two. He will baptize you. First what? He will bring salvation. In Hebrews, it talks about that, that we are baptized into the spirit of Christ. So really, when you're born again, you get immersed in his spirit, in his spirit in you. That's the first baptism. The second baptism is this one he's talking about. So he said, he will baptize you with. Everybody say with. Amen. Look at this. The Holy Spirit, which you got when you were born again, you were immersed in the Holy Spirit in that sense and with fire. The second baptism of the Holy Spirit, sure, gives you the initial evidence of speaking in tongues and, and fire. Now, let me give you a little illustration. Someone got my sword here. here here's my little illustration of the sword. I, wee, hallelujah. You can take the monitors down a little bit, guys. Here, here it is with the sword. 
You see, if I take this sword, it's steel. I shared about why this is valuable to me and how it's used to pray over impartation over my life. But this sword is steel, it's heavy, it's, it's a real deal. And uh, it's mighty. Now, if I take this cold piece of steel and I have a flaming fire in front of me and I hold this steel, this sword in that fire long enough and then I pull it out, that fire, that cold, hard steel would become a hot, glowing substance. It, it would all, if I held it in there long enough, it'd become liquid and just dissipate. So when I hold it in there, what do I do? I hold it in the fire until it gets the nature of the fire. Because when I pull it out, it's hot, it's combustible, it's glowing, it's just like the fire. You see, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, what does it do? It baptizes you in the entire nature of the Holy Spirit or of God. So in other words, when I put that sword in and it, that cold heart steel, what does it do? The cold heart steel takes on the nature of the fire. Remember the fire gives off light, doesn't it? The fire gives off energy. So, so it gives off heat. Listen now, here's the key. It takes on the nature of the fire, but it still is not the fire. The only way it can take on the nature of the fire and maintain it is when it's pulled from the fire, used a little bit, and when enough of the nature is starting to leave and it's becoming cold, hard, still again, you got to do what? Put it back in the fire. And then I bring it out, I use it because it's not the fire, but it has the heat. It can even give off light and protection and all that. And I can, I, I can use it for a while, but then it starts getting cooled down. Why? Because it's no longer in the fire. And that's what happens to so many Christians. We have an experience with God. We're baptized in, we get saved and born again. And then, and then after that, what happens? Then, then many go on like us and we seek the holiness and the power of God. We seek the baptism, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And man, we get that fire. And then we serve and we do good things because we're fired up. And after a while, it doesn't matter if you're good or bad, that fire that you are made of steel, you made of your human life. You start to go back into your nature. You just a little more got better habits than the nature of the fire. If I take, you know, in the old days, they'd, they'd take coal, you know, and you, if you were around, I was around it before where they would heat houses, some with like an old coal stove and what they do, they put the coal in, the wood, they burn it up. And then at night when they go to sleep, so they get up in the morning or in a fireplace, say in a fireplace, I had one friend, his grandfather still did it. And, uh, and they had a fireplace and that big old fireplace heated the whole house. And then when we go to bed, I noticed he put the fire out. I'm like, why is your grandpa putting the fire out? You'll see, he said. And he took his shovel and he, he started pushing the remaining embers of the fire. It was a mixture of wood and coal. And he started pushing them together. Wayne's already, you know what's, where I'm getting ready to go, don't you, Wayne? And he's pushing all. Then he takes the ashes and dumps them 
on it and push the flame out. And now you got those hold, those old burning or glowing embers in there. And he's packed it. And I'm going, well, we're going to freeze it up. Not he just put the fire out. The next morning we get up and the grandpa starts moving away the ashes. And those embers were even hotter than they were before he covered them. And he just throws wood on them. And it, you see, you that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you never lost your baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's just that life and worry and sickness and anxiety and fear and being physically tired and all those things, doing good things and doing other things and sometimes not good things. And guess what? You, you just got the ashes of life packed on you. And God is saying, all I need to do is go, you remove the ashes and I'll blow my spirit on you. And when that old man blowed on those coals with that wood on that fire, boom, they became a flame. So you that are baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's in there. It's just maybe you're not seeing the amount of the evidence you need to see that you need to experience. Maybe that's all it is. Some of you have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, last week, both services, everybody stood to either be filled in the Holy Spirit or refilled. And then in the second service, I laid hands, I think, on everybody in the second service. But I want to ask you today, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Are you showing what John the Baptist said, the two-pronged ministry of Jesus, that you're born again, by his spirit, and have you received the fire? Are you baptized in the Holy Spirit, and have you received the fire of the Holy Spirit? Hmm. I don't know. You know, maybe your wife could tell you. Your husband, they probably would. Your kids would definitely tell you if you ask them. They, they, they won't sugarcoat it. So they're not filled by the Holy Spirit, or it's because... You know, the reason they haven't received the fire of God is because they've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, let me look at number two. I might have a few minutes here to get number two in you. The second reason people do not experience, I don't want to lose that. I'm going to use that for a second service. The second reason people do not experience the fire of the Holy Spirit is this, is because of fear, is because of fear. Now, tonight I'm going to do what I did last Sunday night. Uh, I couldn't finish the message. So tonight at six o'clock, I'll be on Facebook Live. It's about a 45 minute teaching, I think. And I taught live, ended up having over 1,500 views and about 5,000 people reached. So if you want to get the rest of this message, just join me on Facebook Live tonight at six o'clock on Bethel Harvest Church's Facebook or Marion Dalton's Facebook. It'll be on both. And you can join me and get this. Even if you don't have time to watch it six, you can come back. But make sure a bunch of you share it. So all, every time you share it and you start hitting your invites, you can invite people that you know need the Holy Spirit or need a touch from the Holy Spirit. What an easy way for you to witness and to see families transformed and changed, right? So just do that tonight. You can turn the monitors down. I think that's what's echoing. Yeah, thanks, bro. You're amazing. So we see that what's the second reason people do not experience the fire of God? The second reason is because they fear the fire, Tyler. They're afraid of it. And, and, and it's understandably so when you see some of the goofy stuff that goes on. 
When you see some of the goofy stuff goes on, you can understand why people fear the fire. Uh, so it's not really a lack of knowledge of believing there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's more, Terry, what's going to happen if I do? I might be like that person running around the church. I might be like somebody over there doing something weird, shaking, or I, I might be, you know, doing something, speaking in that language and get fired from my job. I, you see, you, the Holy Spirit doesn't interrupt. You can control the Holy Spirit. He's a gentleman. He's covered. So you don't have to worry about that. Uh, so here, here's another couple reasons. Not only is it a fear of the Baptist Holy Spirit and the effects of it, get this, but some people claim to be, uh, uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and they do strange stuff. You see that. Or some are trying to, uh, and you want to live a sane life. You don't want to be afraid of weird things going on in your life that, that would embarrass you or you can't control. Let me be clear. There are believers that do weird things. There are people that either through immaturity get so excited, they get weird, uh, they get strange. But I, here's what I want to tell you. And, and there's nothing wrong with strange fire. If you look at the Cane Ridge Revival, people shook, people, fans were burning. They, all kinds of wild stuff happened. You, you, you can't judge and be afraid of things. You just got to let God be God. Uh, but here's, and, and if I see something out of order in a service, I just in love say, go over and calm them down because the focus is on what I'm doing, not what that is. And then there'll be times I'll just let people trust God and enjoy God. So it's not to say that being filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit, uh, you don't see people that have some drama in their life, right? And, and they got some drama. You see maybe not just some experiences that scare you a little bit, but, but you see some people who are drama people. And you're going, if that person's baptized in the Holy Ghost, my old hunting dog's baptized in the Holy Ghost because <laughs> that's the gossiping, gripingest, weird person I ever met. Well, uh, you know, you probably are too. But anyway, uh, beyond that, uh, maybe you're not. But here, here's what I want to say. Here's what I want to say. Whenever you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, Paul, you've already entered into a supernatural world when you gave your life to Christ because 2 Corinthians uh, 5, 17 says that when you become a new creature in Christ Jesus, old things pass away, all things become new. You enter in, John chapter 3 says, you enter into the kingdom of God, Jesus said to Nicodemus. But he also said to Nicodemus, not only do you enter into the kingdom of God, but you can see the kingdom of God. When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you realize that you're not only in a supernatural world called the kingdom of God, a world that's not of this world, that's in the unseen realm. You're in it when you're born again. But when you're baptized, immersed in the Holy Spirit and fire, now you have eyes to see and ears to hear at a greater level in a supernatural world. But let me help you. Everything that goes on in a supernatural world, the Holy Spirit brings you in to hear and see this supernatural world and experience things, right? But get this, everything in the supernatural world is not of the Holy Spirit. Do you get that? Everything in the supernatural world, in that, in that unseen world is not, well, I don't believe in an unseen world. Well, then you don't believe in faith. Well, what do you mean? I had to be, have faith to be saved. Well, you, you, you don't believe in faith if you don't believe in the kingdom of God, the unseen world. Why? Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And either 1 or 2 Corinthians 4, I think it is, 
says that faith to have to see those things that are not visible. So, 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 yes, your very faith gives you the opportunity to see and to hear things in an unseen world. But when you begin to take on the nature of the Holy Spirit, the fire, the presence of the Holy Spirit, everything, your senses and everything else goes to a keen, keen love. Oh, oh, last week, last week I prophesied to you that night during service. And stand up and tell the people what I prophesied just about the career advancement. What did the what, what Holy Spirit say? Just tell them. Um, you were talking about how windows of opportunity were going to open up and um, different things like that and how my faithfulness is going to speak when you to like kind of like another season. Yeah, another season. I even mentioned work, I think. Right. Yeah. Yes, okay. Did. So um, say it again so they hear it. I just um, want to build he, their faith. Okay. He spoke a word over me that windows of opportunity... Um, because there's been certain things I've been believing for as far as career and movement and growth. And um, he told me to always, you know, continue to seek God and just continue to keep my focus on him. And that you had a promotion and, come? Y- yes. That there was something, you, something a that, surprise at work, it was good that yes. was coming. And I, I think had, yeah, and I actually had an interview on Friday. And so she had an interview on Friday about, did, did, I haven't heard anything. Hadn't heard. So then she gets called in on, that happened on Sunday. She gets called in Friday for an interview for this next thing you've been believing for. Well, Father, we just seal that in Jesus' name and just believe whether that she receives that position in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. So what is that? How does that happen? That happens when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and you began to see and hear things in a realm that other people can't hear and see if they're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we see that people fear it. And I'm telling you that when you open wide to the fullness of God, it's going to open you to a supernatural world, but it's not just so you'll be afraid. You don't want to be afraid of things. You're open to a supernatural world so that you can help bring the kingdom of God. Think about it. Jesus came, right? And he he gave us the opportunity to be saved. He brought salvation. He gave us the gospel. But it takes the baptism and fire of the Holy Spirit to carry the gospel. You see, you can keep the gospel in the church. You can have great music and good teaching and preaching and build a big old crowd. But George Barnard just said two-thirds of them don't even feel the presence of God or even have interaction with God. And really, if we're going to win our community and people at work, we need insight from the Holy Spirit. We need fire to give us faith and courage to witness and to ask and to love and to reach out to people. Because fire is contagious. People want to get around a fire to get warm. People want to get around a fire to feel a presence. People want to get around a fire, don't they? They want to get around a fire to see and to hear things clearly in their lives. I love what, uh, now, now, now I, I, I'll maybe take a little time and dig in this a little more deeper tonight, Kathy, online. But, but it is possible to be in a supernatural world and be deceived by an unclean spirit. What's an unclean spirit? It's a spirit that's not of the Holy Spirit. It's a spirit of fear, disease, spirit of poverty, spirit of hatred, spirit of racism. There are all kinds of familiar and unclean spirits, lust, sex, all, there's un, 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 unhealthy sex. There, there's, there's, there's 
unclean spirits, little imps that were kicked out of the kingdom of heaven with Satan. Satan and one third of his angels were kicked out. That's his little spirits running around and, and they're, they're trying to get you back into your old stuff. What used to draw you, what used to have hold of you till you gave your life to Christ, you see. And, and it's possible, and here, here's the reason it's possible. Now they don't have authority over you, you can speak to them, tell them go. But if you don't discern what it is, you're just depressed. You don't know how to take care of the spirit of depression. If, if you're just feeling anxious and you, your heart's messed up, you don't know how to deal with it because you're all anxious and worried and you're in fear and you don't know how to deal with it. You're just like, Jesus, please give me peace. Well, really what you need to say is you spirit of confusion go for me now. Because greater is he who is in you than he is in the world. But if you don't have the fire of the Holy Spirit, you probably won't do that. So we see the reason. You say, well, why do these things have authority? And we even see them in people's lives that maybe they can prophesy. They can also prophesy some of them, right? And, and the reason they prophesy, they don't even intend to. They prophesy out of an unclean spirit, a judgmental spirit, uh, a lying spirit, a spirit that takes a half-truth of God and try to a manipulating spirit. And that comes from impurity. You see, we need the power of the Holy Spirit, but we need holiness. We need purity because purity is what releases the power. Purity is what maintains the power. Purity is what brings lifelong transformation. I'm not talking about old time religion. You can't wear this, you can't look that way. No, I'm talking about what Jesus said. Let your heart be the judge. Let nothing impede your heart. Just, just love and trust. Believe me, if you're on fire with God, He'll be telling you so many things, you won't even have to fight to give it up. It, it'll just be burned away and you'll just, the more you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. And when you're adding so many things from God, you're not even noticing what's being burned away. Right? It's just those things got your attention right now. Oh, I got to hurry. Uh, so we see things that interfere with your purity uh, with, with, uh, and bring unclean spirits is, is impurities, fear, uh, selfishness, pride, pride comes before a fall. And, and if people are in that and they're under, they have the fire of the Holy Spirit in their life in a season, you see, you can still prophesy. That doesn't mean you're gonna prophesy accurately, even if that ember is cold. And you know, if you now, if you take a hot coal out of a fire and you set it about six inches away, that fire will keep burning and that coal will become dead after a while, right? It, it'll just have no effect. It'll be hard and cold. You'd have to throw it back in the fire to get it to heat up. And so many people that used to operate and do this, and, and they've allowed offense, they've allowed uh, unforgiveness, they've allowed lust, fear, whatever, pride, get in their way. And now, a lot of times, you know, they're talking to you from an unclean spirit. They're talking to you from hurt. They're talking to you from an offense. They're talking to you from pain. Instead of being able to release peace and healing to you, which is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. I love what uh, a great preacher once said this. He said uh, he had a group of, of undiscerning believers in his church causing all kinds of problems. And one of the members come up and said, Pastor, what are you going to do about this group? I mean, they're crazy. They're doing this. They're, they're just a mess. And, and he said, do you think they'll get to heaven? And they were Christians causing problems in the church. And he said, uh, they'll make it to heaven if they don't overshoot it. They'll make it to heaven if they don't overshoot it. You know, we got to watch, don't we, Paul, about overshooting the will of God. We got to watch about overshooting the plan of God for our life. 
That, that comes when we're full of pride. That comes when we bring division. That comes when we're full of strife. Oh, we don't cause any strife, but it's just funny. The last three little groups we've been a part of are all a mess. That might say something, might it? Might say something. People that used to embrace you kind of turn and ease away from you because of your drama. But God loves you. You just repent of it and receive a fresh infill in the Holy Spirit and you can have it. Fresh fire, that's all you need. You just need some fresh fire. F.B. Meyer, a great Baptist preacher, said this. He said, uh, talked about uh, some of the things about the Holy Spirit and the power of it. And he said, uh, he said uh, Lord, I'm not willing, but I'm willing for you to make me willing. You know, sometimes you just got to get your place. I don't know if I'm ready for this yet, but just pray for the Holy Spirit to get you ready for what God has for you. So that doesn't mean you just have to make a big decision today, but you make a decision to let the Holy Spirit prepare your heart and say, Lord, whatever it is you want, I, for me, I want it. You'd be amazing how far that prayer would go. You'll be amazing, amazed that you release that into the atmosphere, what it's going to do for you.